0: Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff. Uh, with me today is a recurring guest now. I like to call him Professor Gray uh, because I like Reservoir Dogs and I think, you know, having that slate of gray at that point. The, uh, the Something to o- aspire to. Yeah, the author of the cocktail bar, Notes for an Owner Operator, uh, Mr. Gray. Welcome back.
1: Pleasure to be here, Puff. Yeah. Thanks um, for having me.
0: We were talking a bunch before I actually press record, and that usually is the way it works, and always press record. Um, but you are the proprietor, owner, uh, mixology guru, booze jockey, if you will, of Little Jumbo here in Asheville, North Carolina.
1: Chief janitorial repair, et cetera.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys have weathered the storm by... And and you just made a face, and I wished this was on video because it. <laughs> honestly, it, it, it's been a huge cluster uh, for any well, for any business, and certainly you know a bar, it were a social gathering place. You know, some people's church, if you will, uh, to to continue to be operational at this point. You guys are innovative in a lot of different ways. You were selling cocktails to go, uh, and you won an award for that. True. Uh, tell me more about where that came from and like where the idea for
1: that fostered. Well, I, I guess I probably made the face just at your at your past tense of the word weathered. Um, <laughs> well, I, that's, you know, honestly, that's fair but,
0: because it, it, uh, it's we're still in a pandemic. It, it's still terrible.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when we when we look at our uh, at our revenue trends and stuff, it definitely still feels like we're in the middle of something. But um, and it's been quite. I I've I just. Personally, I, I describe the whole last two years as a, a grand adventure. Um, I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you use other colorful language to describe it.
1: That's true. I, I don't know what you're uh, what you're I, I tend to speak in quite violent and profane terms di- <laughs> of no, t- no, no, phrase no, most no, of the no, time, no, but it's pr- I don't no. know if that's appropriate no, for uh, it, for your learned, learned it, no, audience.
0: I, but no, I weathered the storm is one of the things <laughs> I I say that tongue in cheek, but because you guys innovated. Uh, when you couldn't have folks into your facility and uh you were selling cocktails to go
1: that's true and we're fortunate to to be here um i mean you're right yeah we we did we came up with all kinds of stuff i mean we also were just we just uh, mothballed for a while i mean that's why when I say grand adventure for me personally um it was you know the bar industry literally just stopped existing overnight in march 2020 and we we fortunately had always run our business fairly carefully and had some savings in the bank, and so we, uh, you know, we had to lay off our whole staff, which was painful. Um, and And we were able to we we gave them all some severance money and uh, and, just but shut it, down. It, not everybody and did that. It's true. It, it, it was not an easy decision. We were actually about to pay ourselves, and we didn't, and and gave that to our team. But that just I don't know we. We've always, it's always kind of the way we've run the business is that if we take care of our people first, uh, they'll take care of the business day in, day out.
0: question know? to me then is those folks that, I mean, that, that if that doesn't build loyalty, I don't know what does, to be quite honest. And um, how many of those folks came back?
1: A number of them. I mean, Good. we were really fortunate Good. when we reopened to have familiar faces behind the bar. And, uh, you know, we were, we were closed for 387 days and i mean during that time i you know we we got other job i mean our 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 whole lives were just kind of blown to smithereens and yeah. I, I spent a couple months just pacing my yard like a caged tiger and uh <laughs> and then i got a job on a construction crew and i, I, I did carpentry yeah. and uh learned tile work and i became a real estate broker and uh <laughs> no it's funny that you
0: mentioned that too cuz the last time i called you and I, in in your voicemail comes up there was this list of things <laughs> hey, thank you for calling, blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, all right, 17 minutes later, <laughs> leave a message. And I was like,
1: damn. I, I don't gather a lot of moss, I guess. <laughs> no,
0: well, <But laughs> and you never have. No, you're not going to sit That's in one fair. place for too long. That's fair. You really but, not. Uh,
1: but but we, we were down for a long time. And and then, fortunately, we were able to, you know, the governor signed an executive order allowing the to-go cocktails. And he, uh, and he got raked over the coals for that, too. I know, um, like, Nearly every sheriff in the state signed, sent send a letter sent him a letter saying that they they thought he was out of line for doing it and this that and the other and I mean as we all now know as I believe sixteen states have permanently legalized to go drinks now and there and many states over thirty I think about thirty seven or eight or something uh, legalized them for some time or other during the pandemic and they did not make DUI statistics go way up as mm-hmm. all of the um, the naysayers said that would definitively be the case and this that and the other they in fact in some places they've gone down um but it was it was great to be able to do it briefly early 2021 we um i mean it was we were a a two-man show it was myself and one of my partners jay sanders we would get together and batch the drinks and bottle them and then sell them out the front door and then get in our cars and deliver them to people's houses that's just crazy (laughs) and and we i mean we'd we didn't pay ourselves or anything. It's like, a fr- I saw a friend of mine during that time, or talked to a friend, I think, because that was the time when we weren't really seeing hardly anybody, and my friend was like, oh, you must be so excited to be doing the to-go cocktails, and I, I and I said, honestly, I was like, well, if I was going to get a four-night-a-week job that paid nothing, <laughs> this would be one I would want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I can't say it's the pinnacle of excitement. No, no. In- <laughs> but... but the the reopening was you know we we had like that that period of to-go cocktails literally got us through the the late winter we we made we we sold thousands of dollars worth of to-go drinks and it literally paid our utilities and bills for the bar for those cold months of late last winter and got us to reopening and then um and it was a really magical phase uh, after, once we were able to reopen in the spring for the for the spring and summer, just having having people back into the bar and you know being able to have some of those those same folks behind the bar from that we had had before and uh, getting back to to what we love to do, which is create great experiences for people.
0: Yeah, and it's some semblance of normal at that point. I mean, not everything is. Certainly, carte blanche. It same. was for a few minutes. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're open I think oh, I'm in about still, mid-July. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: <laughs> if I had to pinpoint it, <laughs> no, no, no.
0: In um, you you've always been uh, a spirited mixologist, and you guys have a very um, extensive cocktail menu, uh, a library that you've in, you know big basically crafted and and cultivated and curated yourself for a long time and you know having that to basically bounce back on and be able to batch some of those cocktails and 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 experience uh, a way to kind of supplement your income through that way uh you know it's it's one of those things where i've seen in the craft beverage industry and that's that's a just a great innovation to help make it through like you said you weren't getting paid and you haven't been paid for a long time probably for a very long time is what I'm guessing
1: oh, you know My long, is, yeah. after a while, <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's one of those things where um, innovation and this thing has really bred innovation in a lot of small business owners and you were one of them now that you're back open uh, and, and seeing folks coming in and, and seeing some of the same faces uh, you know what's 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 on the horizon what's next? um where where do you see y'all going from here
1: well with little jumbo specifically um we're you know we're coming up on it'll be later that this late this year will be five years since we opened um
0: has it been really yeah i um, guess with the pandemic everything is yeah kind include, of a, i mean including that 387
1: yeah. days of a of pause in there so we're we're pretty thrilled to be kind of entering a phase for the bar where it's where we're past the startup phase and it's more about making doing the right long term things for the business yeah. and just you know thinking about where we want the business to be at year ten mm-hmm. now and so forth. I mean we were really fortunate and honored to um, have Garden and Gun magazine name us one of the best cocktail best cocktail bars in the South um, last year, which was a, a cool accolade to get and so. You know we've we've got a really great team and a great staff, um, and they uh, they do a, a lovely job. So for me, it's it's kind of helping. You know, thinking about how I can steward their development and education. I mean, I've handed off a lot of the the creative aspect now to like our our lead bartender. Sure, and so he'll you know I, I don't do like he he develops a lot of the new drinks now instead of just just being my how, drinks. As how it was hard was that to days. to give up some of that after a while? It wasn't hard. It I think wasn't as bad as it, no. I mean, I well, I still, I do. A, we have a we have a consulting firm, Slings and Arrows Consulting, sure. and so I've actually been developing more drinks than ever lately for other, for folks. other yeah, yeah, yeah. places. I'm sure. doing like a a co- uh, the cocktail program for a large restaurant that's opening here in Asheville in a few months. Um, working on a project that's going to open this spring in, in Carolina Beach. Um, nice. Working on a we're about to about to confirm another project in town here. So it's. It was it was actually it was it's really rewarding to be able to I'm sure you've probably had the same experience at other parts in your career to be able to get to a point where you where someone has developed enough that you have the confidence in them to to be able to hand that off and not worry about it and,
0: and it, it, it was a it was a growing curve it was a learning yeah. curve as well I mean you, you can't do everything yourself it yeah. gets to the point where you're going to have to give it a little Little uh, authority, authority, if you will, to to somebody else, and that's it's hard to it's a it's a part of growing up, and it's a part of a, like a learning curve as a as a business owner.
1: Absolutely, and it's also if you're if you're trying to play the long game, which is how we have always tried to approach this business, because um, it's not a particularly easy business. No. it's not a particularly lucrative business. It it can be really fun, and it it can be financially rewarding. Too, if you do things well over a long period of time but to do that you have to really recognize a that if you're going to be doing this for a long time you got to figure out which parts you're good at and which parts you're not good at yeah and try to play to your strengths well and
0: you've always been good at making cocktails let's be honest i i, I, I like to think so i, I was, think I've, i think uh, I've,
1: in the last you know it's for a long time I would do interviews or, or write-ups and people would say that I was really good at cocktails and I didn't feel that way and I kind of that, disagreed no, deep no, no, inside. No. But that's how you know you're good. Maybe you're so. Always, it's it, it, just in the last few years I feel like I've gotten to the point where my like my level of skill and craft and the number of drinks I develop are actually like, at the standard, I'm pretty happy with but, like, but, but, but it. Maybe they've been there longer than I give myself credit yes, for. But. <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed, because I've never... It's the thing
0: about... You're very humble in that in that regard, and that's always a sign of someone that understands there's always something new to learn.
1: Oh, so much. Uh, and there's...
0: I mean, with new spirits coming out and new craft uh, spirits and all the, And so you actually came and talked to a class, uh, and they took a ton away from it. You know, just, just these... I don't want to even say tricks. It's just like these things that you teach your staff and your folks, like the the golden rule, you know, you Mm -hmm. treat others that you treat yourself. But it's like um, the golden ratios of spirits and, you know, how to stir and when to shake and when to stir. And there are underlying rules to a lot of these cocktails and it, they're just I wouldn't say rules they're guidelines mm-hmm. because it's not always the same thing every time and it's not always you know just because it has citrus you shake it it's 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 one of those things that is like well if it has this you usually do this so okay. it's not about memorizing uh 4000 different recipes and you've put it in a way where they took away some of the nervous energy that comes when you're when you first step behind a bar and you see all of these bottles, mm-hmm. all of these juices, and oh, well. it, it, it can be very, very intimidating for someone new to to learn that. But you you have a really hands on approach with uh, all of your new employees, as well as, you know, you, you've even kind of fostered that growth with your lead bartenders to help train. And, you know, there is a learning curve And one of the things I appreciate so much about your place is when I go there, the cocktails are the same no matter who's behind the bar. There is a consistency there that it just brings tears to my eyes because we've all been to a place that we go, hey, on Tuesday night, make sure Sally's behind the bar and she makes you X because she does this to it as opposed to Wednesday night where it tastes horrible. Mm-hmm. That, that can't be. There's got to be a consistency. Now, don't get me wrong. There's creativity and other things that can Certainly. happen, but that needs to be trained out and has to be, you know, that, that uh, I bartended for years. We both have. probably too long (laughs) let's be honest and it was one of those things where people would show up because i would make this Mm -hmm. this signature thing that they couldn't get on a different night Mm -hmm. and i wasn't about to share that because that was part of how i made money right because they would come in to see me and they would tip me you have a different way of looking at it at little it, it, it doesn't matter what day time night of the week you're there if i order this it's Going to be there's a consistency that is just
1: absolutely brilliant. Well thank you. And it's something we we spent years on and um many hours and dollars setting up our processes there. I mean I, I one of my specialties um both that we've developed for our own use in-house and just and on consulting projects that I've done in, in various locations, I've set up a lot of pre batching programs. And that's kind of that's one of the in the in the high end cocktail bar world. If you any any top bar across the country, if you go look behind their bar, you're gonna find what some people might call pre-batch bottles or cheater bottles or um, one one name or one moniker or another, depending on where you are. But basically, batching together the stable ingredients of a drink. So you know, for instance, uh, an old fashioned is an example of you know, like in our house, old fashioned has two kinds of bitters in it. So that would be four bottles or ingredients that the bartender would have to grab to make that the bourbon, the syrup, the two kinds of bitters. We batch all four of those ingredients together. And it takes, that's a lot of time, you know, it's it, a, it's it a takes, higher level task. Yes. It has to be measured very, very carefully and accurately. We have lots of chemistry equipment in the basement and other stuff, but it allows us to have that consistency from every one drink to another. And it also just allows us, more importantly, uh, or as importantly, I should say, just to shave a few seconds off the time it takes to make a drink. And that's so—that's so smart. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm one of those people that's just obsessed with efficiency, it, uh, it, probably to an un, unnatural degree. No, but, but I, okay. So here's <laughs> to gr- me saving three seconds on a cocktail is, is, is groundbreaking. No, it, no, it is. no, no. But that's <laughs> it, here's
0: why it's smart. I was out in Vegas. Vegas is a place of. Uh, a lot. I've of never things. been, but
1: when I go to Vegas, I'd like <laughs> to go with you.
0: Yeah, bring bail money. Um,
1: <laughs> that being said, I was no, at you a... You already bo- have a bail bondsman <laughs> on
0: Speed dial. Yeah, well, so I was there, uh, this was a long time ago, um, and I was waiting at a bar, and I didn't order anything too complex. It was a bottle of beer. <laughs> I ordered a bottle of beer, you know, the one with the crown on top that you had to take the crown off and then you serve it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't ask for a glass even. And it was at a time at this place where uh, flair bartending uh, was, I wouldn't say at its height. I think I, I really do think it was coming down because what you're talking about is efficiency and serving the customer. Mm-hmm. It's a hospitality business. And these two gentlemen behind the bar uh, had this, uh, for lack of a term, juggling routine. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was brilliant. They were very athletic. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. It took me... I want to say 10 minutes to get a beer.
1: I hope it was a good beer. <laughs> it, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> it wasn't because I left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I left mid, as the guy back flipped off yeah. the other guy. I was like, I just, I, I ordered a, I mean, it, what, it, it wasn't even a complex cocktail. It was a beer in a bottle. And, and you're saying shaving seconds off. And now I'm saying shaving minutes <laughs> off, you know, is, is being able to serve the customer a consistent product in a short amount of time and have that experience. And, they, and now they're back to the... Con- that's another thing. They're back to the conversation at their table. Exactly. And that's... I don't want to say that's a lost art, but you're bringing a very intimate experience back in a short amount of time for folks, or some folks that haven't had that uh, in a long time.
1: It's true. I and mean, and it's it's definitely, I think more and more operators in this day and age are um, kind of adopting that viewpoint of how central to the entire Endeavor service should be and stuff. But for a long time, that wasn't necessarily the case. I mean, you know, it, there have been times in the past. Our, our bar, Little Jumbo, is named after a bar from the 1880s that was owned by a, a Prominent bartender of that era, and part of the reason we named it that was—his name was Harry Johnson. He wrote a book, um, The Guide to, to Running Bars, and, mm-hmm. and, and the very first page, he talks about, like— first and foremost, the customer should should get a, a fair drink, a, a good drink at a fair price that's deserved, served quickly and with good service. And it's, you know, it was the, exactly the ethos that we kind of wanted to aspire to with what we do. And that was why we chose that name as an homage uh,
0: to it, him. It makes 100% sense. And what doesn't make 100% sense is a Segment on the show called Booze Clues. Oh, so I have poured you a little something, and I know that you are well versed, we'll say, in spirits around the country and world, uh, and have had a lot of different things.
1: I have had more than my fair share, of weirdo alcohol, <laughs> yes, that's for so, sure. So I wanted to,
0: <laughs> I did want to throw you a curveball, but I okay. didn't want to go too crazy. I, um, um, that's this that's is my some...
1: baseball glove in the car, but <laughs> we'll, we'll make do.
0: So it's one of those things where what do you get a guy that's tried everything <laughs> i mean you you've really i mean part of your research part of what i mean your passion has been is to try uh, uh unusual not necessarily just unusual but but everything you want to understand the flavor and the and the the compounds that are derived from a lot of these uh, uh botanical liqueurs or how the aging process is going to affect this bourbon over another so i poured you something all right uh that is, uh, it is. We're gonna describe it here now. I would say that that is um, as deep garnet uh, with uh, uh, as you can get. I Looks mean, to
1: me like a like an a like a port or maybe like a, it's too dark for a sherry. No, it, it
0: but, almost like Madeira. It, yeah, I mean, it really yeah. is that dark, and there's just like a hint of oxidized brown color in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, it's not a. It's not necessarily a wine. It's not not a line <laughs> um, but it is unusual and I was uh, we tasted this out with a class uh, a couple days ago and it was uh, it was a big hit and I thought it would be interesting to see the flavors that you pulled out of it um, and I think there is room for a cocktail to be made out of it uh, or an you know additions and expressions to be. In, I think it's good on its own, mm-hmm. and I think uh, it it is served a little bit chilled. But go ahead and take a sip, and then uh, uh, tell the folks out there in listening land uh, what what you taste in Blues Clues.
1: You know, actually, it it makes me think of a very aged sherry. It's mm. got. I mean, there's a lot of stone fruit in there, uh, plum, raisin, prune. dried and fresh, yeah. yeah. And Nectarine. I get a lot of grape, like a lot of like deep red grape. Yeah. Um, it's it's really tannic. tasty. It's
0: tannic. There's 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 a balance you, of the. You got all the fancy words. Well, yeah. I'm well, a, you, I'm a hillbilly. No, but you like <laughs> what you like, and that's the thing about taste is the, the everything that you're tasting is what you taste. I can't hop into your skin. Uh be cool not, if you could yeah, well, yeah, it would It'd be a lot more <laughs> handsome um, that being said, you have this experience of sensory analysis, and if you if you bring it that way and you d- use the fancy words, you' done tasted what you've done tasted mm-hmm. and so when you have an opportunity to taste something new, you're gonna relate it to other flavors and compounds that you've tasted before, like I get raisins and jammy and mm-hmm. all those fruits you're talking about, I get a little uh I get some of the tannins from the barrel it was
1: aged in, and it, it's a it's a really unique product. Um, so, so it's got it's got to be some kind of. I mean, if, if it's if I want to say it's a fortified wine base, that's kind of how it tastes to me. I mean, I I, I tasted some twenty five year old sherry last summer, and of course that, you did because you were
0: doing research.
1: <laughs> well, you know Tuesdays, um, <laughs> and this is like this reminds me of that more than anything else I've so, had. Yeah, so it's. it's a,
0: it, uh, the sherry's the water's evaporated. It's concentrated. It's a big, bold flavor. It's something you'd sip. Um, this is a mead, hmm. so it's superstition meadery. Uh, it's out of uh, Arizona. I this get is, the
1: honey now at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you so, say so that, we, like I was getting the sweetness yeah. before, and I was like, oh, that's something. Mean, it's a, you know, I could tell it certain types of sweetness. It wasn't, but uh, but now that there's that honey finish right after the the grape goes away. Yeah,
0: so this is aphrodisia. It's a mint, oh, which is. Uh,
1: what are your plans for me at the yeah, end of this, Puff? Well, let's
0: see how much of this mead you drink. Uh, so it is produced in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, maybe we'll end up on a plane to, to Vegas. After all, we'll do some podcasts <laughs> up there. I didn't but, know Arizona
1: was this interesting. Yeah, well, I, I didn't either. Really. I
0: mean, I've heard, I've had some beers and some other things from there. They've had over three hundred different varietals of meads. Uh, coming out of this place I thought that this one was actually quite exceptional yeah uh, me being a huge fan of fortified wines uh, Madeira marsala uh, port commandaria uh, specifically sherry enjoy all those flavors all the oxidation that happens over time and there's such a, a palette those folks work with to to create some really amazing drinking experiences this is only 13% there's certainly a sweetness from the grapes there's certainly a sweetness from the wine or the the, the honey and it's just it's a really interesting flavor uh deep rich uh you know dark fruits mm-hmm. jammy just like you said there's a lot kind of going on in the glass and it's you know as it warms up too as we kind of let it breathe a little bit we'll see what uh what other flavors we can find but uh, yeah i just thought it would be you know i i imagine that you don't drink a lot of mead on a daily basis
1: it's true <laughs> I'm, i've never been a huge mead guy well and um. that's
0: you know people for the most part, have had some pretty bad experiences with mead. It's true.
1: Haven't we all? Yes. And, and it's because- um, We've all woken up in a dish yeah. <laughs> somewhere on the other
0: end of a mead night. I lost a, a week once uh, <laughs> drinking mead. Um, that being said, it's- part uh, of water ale in the 90s. Yeah. Huh? yeah. It, it, everyone makes, like they get into home brewing and they make a mead because it's it, it, it's uh, it's honey. They can get it relatively easy and they ferment it out and they're not- they're just not careful and it gets uh very phenolic and chlorophenolic in particular, if you're just using tap water mm-hmm. and it's not uh, filtered so that chlorine plays in with some of the phenols and the honey and it just, it creates this really uh, medicinal adhesive strip band-aid type flavor. Like it always reminds me of going into the hospital because of the type of cleaner that they use. And so if you don't use really uh, pure water without any chlorides in it uh, or chlorine in it, Chlorine, in particular, that it usually municipalities put it in to keep it potable uh, to your tap. You have to be very, very careful at that point. And, uh, you know, that's understood in the cocktail industry as well, making ice. Mm -hmm. And you guys have really, really specific ice makers. And really, I I love ice. We're going to go down a huge ice rabbit hole right now because you and I. We've,
1: I think ice has been on an uptrend for 150 years now.
0: <laughs> I think it's. I think it's <laughs> going to catch on eventually. Oh. Well, it's already caught on in this country, but not others. Uh, unfortunately, the Philistines. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys have very specific ice at Little Jumbo. What What made you decide on that model and that machine?
1: Well, we. Uh we wanted to have larger cubes because that makes a, a better shaking experience for a cocktail, both in terms of the finished product and just for the bartender. And there's only two machines out there that make the larger cubes. There's the Cold Draft machine, which we bought um, four and a half years ago when we opened, and used for a number of years until last year when it um, we had a it had a, a some falling a falling out with us. <laughs> And we had some words and uh, now it's, there,
0: it's words were exchanged. <laughs> things were said. Yeah. Some things are, you know, you're not proud some of parts
1: were, were, were apparently required. Yeah. So, yeah. and then we got the other one, which is a hashizaki, which is um, reputed to be much more reliable uh, and makes a pretty, about the same size ice. Uh, and we've, enjoyed that so far, but that's, that's a big part of it. And you're talking a cube. I mean, you're talking. Yeah, we're talking like one and an eighth inch square cubes. Yep. Whereas most commercial ice machines, you're going to have those, if they're making square cubes, they're going to be more like a half an inch or so square and they're going to be hollow in the middle, Mm -hmm. or they're going to to have the crescent shaped ice, which will be flat on one side and have a crescent in the other and be kind of a thin little uh, frisbee of of frozen water, et cetera. Neither of which are, are particularly great for for cocktail shaking
0: for, yeah yeah, yeah, and, and it, it dilutes the cocktail too much or mm-hmm. it doesn't dilute enough I mean there's a there's a balance in, in chemistry that happens there, not only with temperature but with the dilution as well so it's I really enjoy the the attention to detail that you guys have at your particular well, establishment much bludged yeah appreciate no that. it's just one of those things where being in this industry as long as I have and I started when I was five so now you know uh, 20 years yeah, yeah thank you <laughs> thank you um, you can see where the folks that get it you know that yeah. y- y- when you go into a bar that you have no like the first time you walk in you- you'll know there are subtle nuances oh, to yeah. a place right away when you're going okay i'm going to trust that bartender with three ingredients and i'm going to order a daiquiri and then if they do well there i will look at Mm-hmm. some of their other cocktails, or I will talk to them about what's going on. It's, it, you know, there's a, there's, a, I don't want to say basis of operation, but there's like a, 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 a delicate dance you do when you go into a new place. Because it's, there's always one, something new to learn, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. something that you want to do or not want to do in the future. And there's always, uh, you know, nuances of technique or, or uh, uh, you know, things that you can pick up over time that is always interesting to learn.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I wrote a, a journalism piece last year because I I pick up writing gigs here and there, just uh, freelance. Because and, you do something of everything, you know, You're like a Swiss Army knife. It's true, you, you wake I, you know,
0: up I, and you do all sorts of shit.
1: I do. Uh, I pick those up partly because some I need the money at times, and also <laughs> partly because I find it's a really the best way for me to learn. You know, I, I'm I'm a Real student of the craft of what I do, of bar ownership. I mean, I've been at this for over a decade and I I want to be, my goal is to learn as much as I can and be really good at every aspect of my chosen profession. Yeah. And one of the ways I find that's really effective to learn about one area, particular area or another, is to figure out a way to get paid to write about it and then interview a bunch of people. About yeah, that do it. it. And, and, uh, and learn from them. And too I did as this well. piece last year that was. Uh, about about bar design and it the my my initial title for the piece was the five design tells of a great bar and and one of the questions i asked all the different other folks i I chatted with for the article were what were the first things they look for when they go into a bar like what when they go into a bar what's going to clue them in that they're at a place that is like knows what they're doing or a place that was just kind of slapped together by somebody who had never opened a bar before because i have those i mean i there was a place in town here that i went into that opened a couple years ago and i i went in and looked around and i just you know you could just tell by where the equipment is behind the bar it's like whoever set this up had never set a bar up before. yeah ergonomics <laughs> there's just nothing yeah, there yeah too many exactly. steps exactly yep so there's, it's i mean there's a lot of little things that those of us that have done it once you know I've made a mistake just about every time I've designed a bar, but I've designed like eight bars now. And so each, like, they, the, the, the mistakes minimize. They, they went from $10,000 mistakes to now, you know, they might be hopefully, hopefully slightly less. Um, yeah. Or, or less fundamental or this or that. But it's, you know, it's a, there's a lot of moving pieces. If people want help, where, how do they get a hold of you? How do they find you? Oh, I think you can just, Google me probably it's uh, <laughs> my name's hard to spell though, so That makes it tougher, but, <laughs> but uh, we have our, our consulting firm is called slings and arrows consulting um, slings, arrows, com. I need to, I keep, I've been meaning to update our website for about two years now. Cause I ah, think cool. we've done, we've done like six new projects that aren't even on there, but I, we keep having enough work come in that I'm like, well, I don't want to take the time to update the no, website. No, well, we've got to, And know, sometimes but. when
0: you're doing work, it, 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 there's no time to update the yeah. website. Um,
1: people can find me through Little Jumbo, which is our our bar we own at uh, 241 Broadway, just on the edge of downtown Asheville, just north of downtown. Yep. Um, we're at Little Jumbo Bar or littlejumbobar.com, et cetera. My email's just shawl, C H A L L, at Little Jumbo Bar. Thanks, Shell. Um That's. I guess those are probably the ways. I'm not on any of the social media or anything like that, I mean, so I'm, I'm harder, harder to find than some people, I guess. Yeah. But I'm a bit it, of a but, luddite.
0: But that being said, if if y- y- people need to get a hold of you now, they know how. And if you need help, please contact him. Uh, he will be able to solve some of your woes, or or definitely talk you down off that cliff uh, at some point.
1: It's it's rewarding to to do. I've I've worked with folks who are opening new places and have never before owned a place um one of my a good friend of mine now was somebody i met who just called me up and and found found my info and and was interested in me consulting on a bar project with him and now his bar has been open for more than half a decade and it's doing really well and um we're now great friends through that process i've also worked with people who've had bars that are open that are just like you know we need to like we need to revamp the program. refresh like we, man like we a need, lot of places we're losing like we need to make money on drinks and not lose money <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that It's like sure I know how to like let's L- sit down we've you know got a lot of a lot of um, processes that are that we've developed for making sure that that works
0: yeah and uh, that uh, that can kill you as, a, <laughs> as an owner I mean oh, I maybe mean, just yeah. throwing booze down the drain
1: well in this business, Money can go out a hundred different ways. It goes out in all the towels you use, it goes out in dishwashing liquid, you know, cleaning yeah. cleaning supplies, it goes out in payroll, it goes out in cogs, it goes out in everything. Mm-hmm. It only comes in one way. It walks in, it has to be a person who walks in the door and is and willing to give you money. Walks for in the what door and then decides that they're going to give you some money for a drink and then decides that they're going to come back and do it again yep. or have a second one as opposed to be disappointed and leave and go somewhere else. Yep. And you know that's when you really think about it in that stark respect, it is, you know, it's a it's a tall order to become successful. There's a reason that 80% of places fail in the first, I think, uh, three years or something like that. You no, know, there's, it's a short amount of there's, time. There's two there's two main points at which most bars or restaurants close. One of them is a year in. Yep. And a huge percentage, the major, more than half, close about a year in or a little more, and that's because people just didn't set it up right. They Mm -hmm. didn't get the fundamentals right, whether it was design, whether it was model. Um, And I mean model to, to like service model, labor model, all the constituent parts of that. And then the second place is about five years in. And a lot of places close at five years in because they got through that initial one and the place worked, but then they realized that they're working a lot and not making much money. And they've basically just Spend a lot of time, effort, and money creating themselves a job that's far more demanding than a regular nine to five job. Yeah, and they throw in the towel because of that. And there's, it's a it's a small number of places that get past that hump too. Yeah,
0: and they go for you know. years. Yeah, a, a really really long. And I can't I, I can't wait to be back at Little Jumbo in, fifteen years from now.
1: I can't wait to have you there. Yeah, I mean we're, I, we we're. Super. We feel super fortunate to be there and to know that we're not going anywhere. That that we're on solid ground and uh, that we're gonna continue to be a be a, the, the go to cocktail spot around here for for years to come.
0: One hundred percent. Can't thank you enough for being here.
1: Thanks, Puff. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Appreciate cheers.
0: It. We'll talk soon. And I can't thank Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms, who has sponsored this podcast. Taste the way you remember. Thanks, Danny, for all the things that you do here at the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast and sponsoring our students to make sure that they have an amazing amount of success as they graduate. Uh, We'll talk to everybody soon. Cheers, everybody. Listen, laugh, and learn.